Good morning, Berkshires. How are you? Yes. Should we just start here? It's another edition, and it's 11 a.m. on WBCRLP 97.7 FM, Great Barrington. And it's Berkshire Community Radio. I'm your host, Sharita Star. It's another hour of What's Your Sign? I have your number. We got a fantastic hour coming up. I have a great, one of my favorite guests, and he was actually my very first guest, um, astrologer Mitchell Scott Lewis. We're going to be talking all about your spring fling finances and um, what's going to be uh, best advice for you to do. We have an upcoming um, Venus retrograde coming up in May uh, that will last through June. And just uh, you know, all the surgent turns of change that 2012 bring, and what's it going to mean for you with all of uh, your value in life? So stay tuned. We'll be right back with What's Your Sign? I have your number, and we're going to tell you what's going on. <laughs> Good morning again. Yes, it is a beautiful, absolutely beautiful, beautiful spring morning here. Um, I am sure it is, and you're hopefully in your part of the globe too, because if you could also be listening to us uh, outside of our local listener area on uh, www.berkshireradio.org, that's where we stream live on the web as well. So, you know, it's it's a really uh, exciting thing that this station can be heard anywhere in the world. And we are just coming to you live from the Berkshires. I love this. I love how modern technology works. I don't understand half of it, but I like it anyway. <laughs> so, what's happening here? We are in our last um, two days of the lovely sign of Aries. Um which I can't even believe I'm, I'm actually saying this because it seems like I was just saying, telling you it was the first of the year. And here we are, you know, I mean, it's, uh, we are, are seriously, that, that lexagram of time is might is just, you know, it, it overwhelms me um, with every passing year. Um, so here we are today. It's the 28th degree of Gemini. We're, we're, we're getting to that tipping point of changing over into a new sign, which we, we will be doing on Thursday, the 19th. We enter Taurus, which starts to really fix us into spring. Um, although, you know, you wouldn't already know. <laughs> it seems like we've been here. We had such a, a forgiving winter, and um, our spring has been absolutely incredible so far. But on the 28th degree, we're, uh, we're looking at the trusting lamb. This is an interesting day uh, when you're looking at the karmic energy of the, of the degree of the sign. Um, it's a day <clears throat> when, when you're looking at the 28th, Cross your T's and dot your I's today. Um, it's Think of that uh, philosophy when you're thinking of what the trusting lamb means. It's like, you know, very innocent, very sweet and, and lovely, lovely energy that is a little bit too trusting. And it's like kind of falling over the edge of the cliff because it hasn't quite paid attention to everything. So this is just, um, that's a little forewarning with the 28. Um, they just have to be a little bit of a careful planner, um, but they're still a fine initiator. It's a good day to initiate something today. Um, if, you, if you'd like to like, you know, though we're still under a waning moon, we'll explain all that. But um, 28 loves initiation. 
and to get things um, dive into something creative today it's a great day to do that um, and we are waning today uh, under a Pisces moon um, we have kicked off our, our full moon was in Libra um, a couple weeks back or almost a, about a week back and uh, so we are going to be gathering to the new moon which is actually going to be happening um, this Saturday uh, which is going to be uh, very very fun we're going to have our second new moon of spring in Taurus but right now we are still taking it away um, so energy uh, when you're looking from our last full moon in Libra uh, taking away all the way through till we kick off a new moon in Taurus this is the half of your pie right now that's just seeing it wants to clean up you know every couple days as the moon is passing through there um, you want to just kind of look at that area of the life that that the moon is in that sign and kind of just you know take a little something away throw something out whether it's a thought it's an idea it's an emotion um you know uh sometimes it's just things in your life actual possessions um and it's uh this is the perfect uh phase of spring to continue in that uh spring cleaning energy that i think everybody really got that bug as the full moon kicked off in libra too so um but we can really look forward this this new moon coming up um on saturday is is really divine because it's going to be the first passage in quite some time that we we haven't had uh these inner planets retrograding uh we had mercury retrograding when spring started um, we had Mars retrograding for a period of time that went direct last Saturday everybody I think a lot of people feel like so much better because Mars is going forward because um, Mars is the plan of motivation drive ambition make you get up and do something in your life and it was retrograding all in the sign of Virgo um, from the 23rd of January until last Saturday. So it was like a kind of a time in your life where wherever that Virgo piece of your pie sits, it's that was the reflect uh, reflecting upon what makes you get up and go there in, in that in that area of life. And now you're not seeing the pause anymore. Now you're seeing like, okay, let's go, man. So if you've been feeling a little vigorous in the Virgo piece of your pie, that is why. Uh, Mars is going forward. So it's it it wants you to, to have things have uh, have things going. And Nancy came back because she she lost her keys. And they're on the floor right beneath my chair. Have a good day. <laughs> no worries. It's totally cool. <laughs> I love it. You know. What are you going to do? We're still under Mercury Shadow, too. That actually will complete on the 22nd. So um, as this new moon kicks off, like I said, it's going to be like this. This next waxing phase coming up is just going to like... Ugh, People, you're going to feel like you're finally like, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. So, you know, look forward to that. Um, anything you've been holding off on starting or getting going or you kind of said, ah, why am, or why am I not getting positive results by trying to start this now? 21st onward, you are going to start to see it. Um, things are going to go. They're going to go in a big way. So um, look forward to that. All right, and we're going to talk about all sorts of things Taurus-related today because Taurus loves loves money, loves values, loves things all pretty in her bank accounts. And I have got the um, most perfect person to talk to you about these types of things. Um, my very special guest uh, is today is astrologer Mitchell Scott Lewis. He's also the author of a new book called Murder in the 11th House. It's a murder mystery that ties in astrology. The detective is an astrologer, and he uses astrology to unravel the mystery of the murder. Divine read, by the way. Um, highly recommend that you... Um, check that out. Mitch is on the web, by the way, at MitchAstro.com. That is his website. You can find out everything um, about Mitch there. Mitch has been on Coast to Coast Radio. He's been on, uh, you know, Fox Television. He's been interviewed by, you know, everyone under the sun. He also used to do astrology for Wall Street uh, many years ago. Um, and he's also provided astrological guidance and instruction in New York for more than 20 years. He considers himself a humanist astrologer. He has refined interest in also in medical and commercial astrology, and he's worked closely with doctors, therapists, investment, and business professionals, as well as hundreds of individuals in search of personal insight. 
And aside from his writing talents, he is also an accomplished musician, and he is also coordinating uh, currently resources for an onstage production of his original play some time ago. And I always Mitchell was my very first guest when I started my show. I think it's over three years ago now, and um, I have had him back several times, and it's always a pleasure. So good morning from New York City, or good morning from Great Barrington to New York City, Mitch. Welcome back. <laughs> Good morning, Sharita. Thank you. I love being on your show. <laughs> awesome. Well, we love having you because, you know, I, I, you just like fascinate me. I mean, you know, and I just like to sit and listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, you know, you're, you're just, you know, you, you've got this wonderful extra edge that um, I don't find a lot of other astrologers have about really understanding, you know, what cooks, you know, in the markets, uh, how all these commodities in life work. And um, th this is where, you know, I see, um, well, you tell me, what, what's going to be happening? <laughs> well, first of all, don't forget, I did spend 14 years on the commodities uh, trading, so I, I, I did a tremendous amount of research with the astrology, recognized not just the patterns within commodities and stocks, but the patterns within life. Mm -hmm. No difference. Uh, frankly, you know, you have your, you are your commodity. How do you trade it? How do you make money off of it? How do you buy and sell it? I just did a, a, a seminar on vocational astrology, which is a very misunderstood and under underutilized. Uh, uh, process a lot because many astrologers never look for a job. <laughs> they don't know that much about vocation in general. But it really is very much the same as if you're opening a business. You have a certain amount that you have to work with, so how do we make the most out of it? But anyway, you wanted me on to talk about the stock market, gold, and the rest of that, so let's, let's jump in. Um, I, for those who, who follow my newsletter or, or my work in general, you know that I, I uh, predicted the crash of 2008-2009. That's right. Within a week of its uh, occurrence, well in advance, a year and a half in advance. Um, and uh, what people are looking for now is, is there another crash? And the answer is yes and no. Um, when I look at a, a chart of the Dow, I'm going to have this all up on my website soon. When you look at a chart of the Dow, you see that 75% of the time it goes up, 80% of the time, uh, except when it doesn't. And when it doesn't, it often represents a crash or a sideward movement. After the last Saturn-Uranus opposition in 1965-67, the stocks closed in 1982 exactly where they were in 1967. Hmm. It took 16 years to start a new bull market. Which is now, half the turn, that period, right? That 16, I'm sorry? That's half, like... That's ha like Saturn was then halfway. It's like half of the you know turnaround. It's you know. Yeah, that's right. It was yeah. just about half of the turnaround, which may or may not be a consistent pattern. You see, you can't assume that because the last time Saturn went into Virgo, this happened. That is going to happen again. Right. You can't simply. You you can't. You must interpret each time from where you're at, which of course. Otherwise, it'd be very simple. Oh, right. Squaring your honest, square and sell the stock market. This is happening. By, you know. <laughs> It's not that simple. Well, and it's because the sign... Well, you never get the same configuration up there twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, Venus is somewhere else. Mars is somewhere else. You know, however it works. So, yeah. yeah. Everything is different. Also, the society, just like the individual, learns, we hope. And, <laughs> yeah, that would be the goal. <laughs> if you went to a Saturn square to one of your planets, and then 14 years you're going later, you're going through the Saturn square on the opposite side. Hopefully, you're going to respond to it differently. You've learned something in right. those 14 years. We, we well, would have evolved or grown, hopefully. <laughs> right. But the society uh, at the moment has been hijacked by a very few, very greedy, and not particularly bright group of individuals. Mm -hmm. They're bright when it comes to making money and to right. lying and cheating, but they're not particularly bright when it comes to humanity or their long-term mm -hmm. goals. Yeah. They packaged and repackaged bad mortgages, not just in America, by the way, but across the whole world. The reason why Spain is absolutely collapsing and why the bonds to Spain are now demanding 8%, which is out of the question, they can never, ever make those good, is because their housing market is destroyed, mm -hmm. even worse than ours. And they put their entire 
and, and in Spain, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, if you are, for, if you are foreclosed on a house, you still owe the money. <laughs> Even if the bank goes and sells the house to somebody else, you still owe the money for the rest of your life. So there are some serious repercussions that are occurring around the world. Now, yeah. what are they doing with the euro? Goldman Sachs and the rest of these crooks are repackaging the euro debt, and they are using it as derivative. They're doing the same thing that they did in the housing market. Right. And what's going to happen when Spain, Greece, Portugal, and the rest of them finally do collapse in 2013-2014, uh, the American banks will take a hit as well. So will our stock market. Yeah. But I don't believe that there is a crash like we saw in 2008, not imminent anyway. Right. It may come in a few years, and I am looking in, you know, down the line. Yeah. What I think happens in this fall with uh, Uranus in conjuncting uh, uh, the Saturn in America's chart right. um, is the uh, uh, a tremendous dip. Now, uh, I'm, I, I'm predicting Obama's re-election. I'm going to go on coast to coast this week. I'm going to make the same prediction. Yeah. I don't see the kind of configurations in the world that lead to a change in power. When I look at somebody's election, I don't care about Mitt Romney's chart, and I don't care about Obama's chart, frankly. If you look at their charts, you look at Mitt Romney's chart, you go, wow, look at these aspects. Of course, he's running for the presidency. Get it? Mm -hmm. That may be the biggest thing the man ever did. It's the biggest thing that, that uh, McCain ever did. And they go off and they make a fortune afterwards, and now they're the head of their party, and they have all this great clout and power, even if they lose. Right. So looking at the charts of the two people running for presidency, yeah, you can find certain things. Mostly you'll find out how their health is going to be, how their marriage is going to be, not if they're going to be elected or not. I look, when you look at mundane astrology, that's exactly what you're looking at, the world charts. And when power is shifted from one party to the next throughout our history, most of the time, nothing is 100%, most of the time you see serious aspects that demand change. Now we have Pluto square Uranus right now, and it's hitting America's chart. And on election day, it's hitting America's Jupiter, which rules the ascendant. So does that mean that we have a new president? It is possible. I'm certainly not 100% sure that Obama gets reelected, but I'm pretty sure. And you I, know, I, I'll, I'll introduce... My, my predictions seem to be fairly accurate, as you know. I'm, I'm well up there. In the and, and I I will say, Mitch, I'll, I'll, the, the numbers agree with what you say, because Obama is also going to be entering his year of the harvest coming up in August. So the likeliness of him losing this election is slim because he has put effort into it i mean I can't, I can't, whether people like the effort or not is is that's a matter of opinion but he's put his effort in the last seven years so my feeling is i i'm gonna agree with you <laughs> i'll put that out there <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time uh, by the same token the pluto uranus square is demanding an ongoing uh, tug of war yeah so that means that the House stays in Republican hands. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be like, uh, it, it, I think it's going to be one of those elections that, you know, it, it's not a sweep, it's not a, you know, it's, it's going to be tight, I think, you know, however it I works. I think it will be tight. I think that the, the bottom line is going to be two things. One is women voters. Yes. Because they, they are recognizing that uh, the Republican Party is teetering dangerously close to an abyss. <laughs> that they could they could suck this entire country down with it and uh, and change the laws and everything. And the other thing that's going to tilt, I think, in Obama's favor, is the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. This Supreme Court is so dangerous <laughs> and so right wing as to uh, bring up um, arguments which I've been writing about for a decade or more that this should not be a lifetime point. People live into their 90s or 100. You want a 100-year-old Supreme Court justice who can't even read anymore? <laughs> it's just insane. And the country swings back and forth. The Supreme Court should as well. And it's not going to with this 5-4 to four split in the Roberts Court. And there is a very good chance that they're going to shoot down the health care law or at least a sufficient amount of it to make it uh, a toothless tiger. And that's going to shake up the American public as well when they recognize it. Even though a lot of people really don't like this health bill, they don't understand it, frankly, and they will fight to death by the Republicans 
And when I was on Coast to Coast last time, I got quite a number of emails and things, uh, some of them accusatory because I am rather liberal and, and whatnot, but I don't let my politics interfere with my predictions. There you I go. Try not to. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when they recognize the power of this Supreme Court and its ability to simply shoot down women's rights, people's rights, gay rights, everybody's rights, it's going to swing a lot of the uh, undecided into the Democratic side, not the Republican side. Yeah. Even if it means a hit to Obama's reputation that the health care bill doesn't get passed through this, um, it's still going to uh, work on some levels to his advantage. So I still I believe that he does get reelected. And in fact, if he doesn't, if Mitt Romney happens to win the presidency, then both the House and the Senate go to the Democrats. And I don't see that happen. So I take all of this into account when I make a prediction like this. Because, you know, my reputation is there it as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I just do not see this country being that insane. I'll tell you something else, too, for the astrologers out there who, who do study. Squares are powerful things, whether it's in the world or in your own chart. Mm-hmm. They are not as powerful as conjuncts and oppositions. Mm. They are powerful, they twist things, they change your life, certainly, you can change the society to some extent. It is the conjuncts and oppositions that make major changes in our society. Mm-hmm. We had two great alignments, as you know, one in February of 1962 in Aquarius, when all the inner planets were in Aquarius, and the other in May of 2000, when all of the inner planets were in Taurus. Aquarius is the most radical of signs, Taurus is the most conservative. Absolutely. What happened the 60s happened after the alignment in Aquarius, and this reactionary period happened after the alignment in Taurus. Those are things that change our society. Mm -hmm. An opposition of Saturn to Uranus, which happened on election day when Obama was elected, convinced me years in advance that the Democrats would win after an eight-year Republican White House. And I started writing that in 1999. So there was very little doubt that that opposition was powerful enough to create a stock market crash and to put a Democrat, and of course a black man as well, into the White House. So now I don't see that kind of energy. I see a square of Pluto to Uranus, very powerful, it's going to create some things. We're fracking ourselves to death. Pluto rules oil and all the rest of that. Uranus rules explosions. What do you know? They have earthquakes in the middle of America that they're now claiming, or scientists swear that it's a direct result of fracking. Yeah, wild stuff going on, right? Like all the, all the like the the earthy stuff. The earth's shaking up a little bit here, um, which you know, I think a lot of people predicted that was going to start to happen yeah. in, in and, and more frequency than we had seen it. Earthquakes and tornadoes and things like that. When you have Uranus very active. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, and Uranus is active in Aries right now, that's for sure. <laughs> right. Now, you know, here's the funny thing. When Saturn was in opposition to Neptune, uh, it was around 2005 or six, I think. Yeah. I wrote in my newsletter, it's going to be a very, very mild hurricane season. Mm. It was a very, very mild hurricane season. Saturn suppressed the Neptune. The waters were not churned up. There was not a, a terrible hurricane the whole year. That's right. And, you know, so... so these outer planets certainly do function in the world in terms of mundane astrology and in terms of predicting certain things based on their basic nature. You don't really have to go too deeply into it, of course. If you want to be good at your predictions, you've got to do a hell of a lot of homework. Yeah, you but, do. Uh, and make sure and go back and check the history of the rest of it. But it's really sort of very basic once you really get astrology. Mm-hmm. Probably there are a lot of astrologers who don't really get astrology. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can read your chart. They can tell you Saturn's on your Venus. You're going to be this and that. You're blah, 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 blah. But they don't understand the, the real concept of what these planets are. They, they the planets aren't doing anything to us. They're no. rocks in the sky that are floating around the sun. It's our reaction. It's, it's our free will that determines what we do, yes. So knowing the kind of energy that's around us, that's what I always say. It's like, and, and our, our another colleague of, of ours, um, astrologer Anthony S. Pico, always says that planets don't make you do anything. <laughs> you know? it's, it's you who, who, it's your free will, your choice. You know, you're the captain of your own ship, so to speak. So I was on 2020 once with uh, a very strange little show, which I had known how weird it was going to be. I probably wouldn't have done it, but it's nice to have on your resume. And there was another, uh, a couple of other people on it. And, uh, John, uh, what's his name, Stasis, said, uh, well, um, uh, uh, 
we were talking about full moons, and uh, he said something about, uh, well, what what creates, uh, you know, the astrolog? Why why would Saturn affect me differently than it affects you if I'm sitting right next to you? And one of the people said gravity. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, Are you out of your mind? They cut it out of the show, of course. I said, Do you honestly think that Saturn's little gravitational pull is affecting me differently than you when we're sitting on the same couch? That's a stupid answer. That's, that's no logic to that at all. It has nothing to do with the physicality of it. As you well know, it's the spirituality of it. Yeah. And, and, but, but it results in events. Mm-hmm. As you see, stock market crashes, hurricanes, earthquakes, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> well, the Emerald Tal, the, 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 uh, the, it was on the Emerald uh, Talmud years ago, as above, so below, so within, so without, you know, there we have it. Um, so, we're going to pause for a little break and let everybody know what's cooking in our, our local area, and then we'll be uh, back with you, Mitch, and then we'll dive into what all this Venus retro going backwards thing is going to do for everybody, and... Hey, you're you're a little foggy to me, uh, Sharita. Your your voice a little uh, woken up a little. I'm uh, a little foggy to you, really. Yeah, that's interesting. I, to you and your, and I can totally hear you just fine. Good. All right. Well, don't worry about it. Okay. Come back when you're ready for me. Okay. We'll be right back. Okay. So we'll be right back with. Today, my special guest is astrologer Mitchell Scott Lewis. You can find him on the web, www.mitchastro.com. He's also the author of a fantastic new book, Murder in the 11th House. All information is on his website, so go on over on your um, web stream and you check that out. Um, so let's tell you what is going on here in the local Berkshire community. We have... Um, coming up here on the uh, 22nd of uh, April we have Alan Shartok talks media um, this is going to be 4 p.m. at the Daniel Arts Center in at Bard College over at Simon's Rock uh, this is event is free and open to the public um, and you can contact Jennifer Brody de Hernandez and that's Brody B-R-O-W-D-Y at Simons-Rock.edu and again that's uh, Alan Shartok Talks Media on the 22nd of April at 4 p.m. the Daniel Arts Center over at uh, Bard and uh, Simons Rock which would be a very nice thing to attend. Alan Chartok is uh, very, for most of you local listeners, you know, he's a um, very big celebrity around here, uh, WRGB up in, from Albany for many years. I've known him since I was like seven. I mean, not known him, but you know, know who he is. <laughs> so let's see. Now, what else is happening? Well, you know, we do have, um, this is the other thing coming up, which I think, you know, I, I don't think I've ever been so excited about one, um, but it's WBCR's Spirit of Spring Fun Drive. And um, we're going to be doing this uh, coming up this coming Saturday, the 21st of April, throughout the, throughout the 29th of April. Um, this is the, our uh, seventh year in the air, and this is a completely volunteer-run and member and community-supported station. Donations can be received, by the way. Uh, we'll be announcing this number over and over again, but it's 413-644-9797. And uh, if you go to our website, www.berkshireradio.org, there are these lovely little convenient PayPal buttons. And... Um, you can pay there too. Um, I've got lots of cool premiums. I'm going to be day captaining, uh, by the way, next Tuesday. So I'm excited. And in the spirit of spring, I've got a lot of spirit of spirited premiums for you. Um, one of which will be a reading with my special guest today, Mitchell astrologer Mitchell Scott Lewis. So. Um, and some copies of his book, I do believe, we're going to be having. Um, and I've got a, I've got a very long list of very cool things to be able to, um, for those of you who will be uh, calling in with your pledges, um, we're going to have so much fun stuff uh, for you to be able to take advantage of. So I am, I'm so thrilled about this um, upcoming fun drive, the spirit of spring, because it is like beyond spirited this spring, I believe. Um, so again, I'm your host, Sharita Starr. This is uh, your bi-monthly hour on a Tuesday morning uh, from 11 to noon um, of What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number. And today, my very special guest is 
one of my favorite astrologers, uh, astrologer Miss Mitchell Scott Lewis, Mitchell Scott Lewis, excuse me, and um, he is completely seasoned. Uh, he worked with Wall Street. Um, he's been interviewed on all sorts of really fun, uh, you know, 2020 Fox. He's uh, going to be on Coast to Coast Radio this coming Thursday. Um, he's got a fantastic new book out, and uh, it's always a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure to have him on. Um, he is so knowledgeable, um, and what I love about him is that he's got the history nailed, um, you know, in the way that um, astrology is so valuable for us to understand you know, what it is that, that does pattern down to us, um, you know, down here for our free will to choose from, um, on our grand earth. So welcome back to the show, Mitch. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, by the way, the, the, the Titanic has been getting a lot of press again because it's a hundred years. It's been the big hundred year. Yeah. Evangeline Adams had a client, you may have heard of JP Morgan. Of course. <laughs> and she told him, do not go on that ship. Did she? Mm. And he didn't. And J.P. Morgan is the one who's quoted as saying, millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do. <laughs> well, I like that statement. <laughs> oh, that's a great statement. Yeah, because Astor didn't stay off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't have an astrologer. No, no, they didn't ask. Or at least not Evangeline Adams, who was apparently quite good. <laughs> yeah. Did. You know, it's fascinating. Um, an, another uh, friend of mine, uh, a colleague astrologer, uh, Chris Flisher, who's been on the show numerous times, he just did a show with I astrologer Eileen Grimes, who uh, wrote, she was also on the show last year when we did the 99th anniversary, um, but she wrote a book called Titanic Astrology amazing she like literally like you you like you know know your finances and your history like amazingly well she took all her astrology savvy and wrote this book about all the charts and there's these degree points and why are we fascinated by it till you know 100 years later we all we are i mean they've even made a museum of the titanic it's like out in tennessee somewhere you can go and like like be on the ship. Like they have like a replica of like you can go. I mean, it, it's you know it's fascinating. Well, but you know, Sharita, you gotta understand the Titanic was not just a ship. It, it represented the end of the Gilded Age. Right. And it, and it was such a catastrophe financially and and to you know the upper echelon especially. Um, <laughs> so many were lost that it it set in a, a national depression. Yeah. And, uh, and the world did not really, uh, it, it more or less, even though it was 1912, it wasn't until after the First World War that we kind of snapped out of that depression. Mm, that's very true, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it led to the 20s, of course, which ultimately led to the Great Depression. But right. um, By the way, I have a new book coming out this September. It's uh, going to be Death in the Twelfth House, Ooh. Where, Neptune, where Neptune Rules. Cool. I and love murder it. Murder of of some aging rock stars and David Lowell was brought in by the daughter of uh, one of them to uh, try and find out who would bump off 60 year old rock musicians and why so I'll, I hope it's going to be a fun book and get the kind of reviews the first one got be terrific wow awesome I am well, well, the, the series, and they they want one every year. I don't know if I can keep up the pace, frankly, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, I think you can. I think you can. I think you can. I know you can. I don't even think I know. So. You you're you 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 will never stop, you know. I, I you'll be like, you know, with your cane and you know, you'll still keep doing it, Mitch, you know, I could see it now. That, that that's me. Like I, I keep saying that too. I'm like, you know, I just can't wait to be like ninety and doing astrology. <laughs> Because I just find it, it, you know, it's this never-ending source of, you know, I, I, I'll never be bored again in my entire life, you know. Um, so we have this upcoming Venus retrograde coming uh, on the 15th of May, and that's going to uh, go through, you know, our, our the further out you get with a planet, it, it when it retrogrades, you know, Mercury we get it three times a year for about three weeks or so, but you get a little further out, and Venus, of course, she's going to retrograde till the 27th of, of June, so it's going to be a little longer than like, you know, our three-week thing, but what can you tell us? I mean, I know with Venus, it's not like, you know, the end of the world like any retrograde is not the end of the world but there are certain things that are safe to kind of you know not do uh, especially because Venus does handle finances up there um, to a degree um, well yes, Venus rules money Jupiter doesn't 
Right. People think Jupiter brings you a lot of money. It can bring you a lot of aggravation, too. D- uh, yeah, too much of anything is not always good. <laughs> well, well, you know, if you, have, if you have Jupiter, for example, entering your second house, and you're in the middle of a legal battle, that legal battle, you know, financially especially, may get much worse. Right, it could, yeah, it just explodes, yeah. Right. And when Jupiter retrogrades and turns around, it is very often, I mean exceptionally often, a turnaround in the stock market. Mm-hmm. With Venus, I don't find that to be the case. Venus, for example, I had one client who wanted to open up a store uh, aimed at women. It was, you know, it was jewelry and women's things mm-hmm. and whatnot, and she insisted that you had to do it on a retrograde Venus. And I told her it would be a, there would be a limit to the amount of success the store would see. Right. But uh, she couldn't wait the extra time because it was before Christmas and whatever. And, uh, you know, there are certain things that you try to avoid with the retrogrades, but remember, we're born, most of us, I have no retrograde planets in my chart. Oh, aren't most you lucky? <laughs> so, yeah, well, maybe, I'm not sure. <laughs> there isn't that much reflection, perhaps. But there you most go. <laughs> people, most people have, have uh, two or three. If you have more than three, you know, it's like, a, it's like a, a, an arc where, where, you know, I have none, and if you have seven, uh, you, you know, you're at the very end of it. And in between, it's like, you know... So we all deal with a certain amount of retrograde energy, even if we have none in our charts. Absolutely. By, by, by secondary progression, it's all off. Well, not so off progression, but secondary progression, they'll retrograde sometimes, and certainly by transit. So Venus is retrograding. It is not the end of the world. Uh, it will affect the cotton market, which is ruled by Venus. It will affect um, certain of the other agricultural, and it will have some effect on the stocks, you'll probably see a dip in the stocks as the retrograde begins, but then they'll level off. Mm-hmm. Because Venus retrograde isn't, it's about, don't forget, we give Venus and Mars still rulership of two signs, even though uh, Pluto is the ruler of Scorpio, I still give Mars co-rulership of it. Mm-hmm. And that's because we are all made up of male and female. Right. So Venus has to rule a male and female sign, Mars has to rule a male and female sign. So Venus rules Taurus, which has to do with money, it's the female side, whereas it also rules Libra, which has to do with relationships, and that's the male side. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I, I do find that interesting. are more relationship-oriented, and yet I'm not sure that that's ever been the case if you look at it from an astrological point of view. Mm-hmm. So what I see with the retrograding Venus will affect personal relationships at least as much as money. Yeah. It's a time to, like, you know, if, if you are... Um, you know, having a little flux in your relationship, a present partner or whatever, or any relationship doesn't have to be romantic, can be a business relationship, so on and so True. forth. That it is a time to just take some time and re-examine it. That's where the retrograde comes in with the reflection, the review, the Absolutely. redoing, so on and so forth. Absolutely. Um, the same way that you shouldn't run away from a retrograde Mercury, you should use it to your advantage. Exactly. Yeah. I had when I when I first uh, was, was doing the novels. I have a friend who's a filmmaker, and I wanted her to read part of the first novel. She said, I haven't got time. <laughs> so Mercury went retrograde just as she, she had to go to California, and she had to leave on the retrograde. So I handed it to her, and she had time to read because the plane was delayed. <laughs> she had the whole thing. Uh, exactly. So on the plane. And that's what you use the retrograde for. Yep. You might not be able to get somebody on the phone, but when you finally do, what do you know? They understand you better. Yeah, absolutely. And with a retrograde Venus, it's the same thing. Let's say you have a very, very close friendship with somebody, especially someone of the opposite sex. But it's not a romantic relationship, but it's still a very important one to you. Venus retrogrades, you want to have the reflection. You want to take the time to examine what the relationship is about. And perhaps under that retrograde, it might turn into a romantic relationship, or you might accept that it isn't more readily, or any one of a number of things. But the growth is definitely there. Yeah, is, yeah. And I, you know, I've also been told it's a great time to, like, scoop up bargains and sales and, um, you know, find, like, things. It's a great time to find a bargain, period. You know. And tag sales season is coming. Under retrograde Venus, yeah, that's true. And I think that you probably can get some bargains, but you have to be careful what you buy. Uh, That's true, too. Yeah, don't get, like, fooled. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, you go to TJ Maxx and you spend $100 on, you know, $800 worth of stuff, that's terrific. But if you go on a retrograde Venus into a jewelry store, I'd be careful. Yeah, 
Exactly. Yes, they say do, don't buy big luxury purchases under Venus retrograde. It's not a smart time to no. initiate something like that. But lesser no. value on sale items. Uh, like I say, if tag sale season is starting, so <laughs> if you're a tag if, sailor. <laughs> if, if you need a new computer and you go to Dell and there's a sale, there's nothing wrong with that. It's right. not like buying a computer on a retrograde merchant. Exactly, right. But if you go out and buy a $1,000 dress, you're going to be unhappy with it because it's not going to fit you right. It, right, something's going to be off with it. And, and uh, beauty, they say don't, do not do beauty enhancements under... Uh, Venus retrograde because she also obviously rules beauty um, and you know just sensual aesthetic pleasures that we all enjoy um, so like you know you, if you're not that I ever recommend anybody to get plastic surgery but it wouldn't be a time to go get the plastic surgery <laughs> you know or do things like that um, or like change up your hair color or you know get, try out a new hairdresser not under Venus retrograde because <laughs> it's not going to go quite right <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely true. And so, you know, each planet rules certain parts of our lives, so each planet is going to rule certain events and certain objects mm -hmm. and things like that. And if you deal with the retrograde that way, look, Saturn retrograde, you really don't want to open up a business, but sometimes you have no choice. Your partners, your this, you have to make whatever it is, so you have to deal with the retrograde. Yeah. But you're going to have a retrograde Saturn in that chart for the rest of the... Of the for, for, yeah, it's going to be initiated under with, with that behind it, you know. So, right. I, always, I always say, cross your T's, dot your I's, when certain things like that have to, have to show up. But, um, so with Venus in, in, in you know, Venus is, uh, the last time Venus retrograded was back in, that was like October, November of 2010, and that was in Scorpio. But now we've got Venus retrograding in Gemini, which is, of course, you know, um, it's a time I where I think... It's easier than Scorpio, frankly. Uh, say again? I think it's a little easier than in Scorpio. Oh, I think so. It'd be a little more light and airy anyway. <laughs> I think the retrograde Venus in Gemini will have a great deal to do with how we communicate within our relationships yep. and how we communicate in the financial world, mm -hmm. too. Look, so much of what happens in, on big scales, I'm not talking about you and me with our accounts, but huge, huge scales, also has to do with either misunderstanding or a little chicanery, where the, you know, people are lying a little bit, they're cheating, and, and um, they can get caught. Yeah. more readily on a retrograde Venus. So that's another thing, too. You, you should not try and, uh, and finagle or cheat your way through something when Venus is retrograde. It won't come out to your advantage. No. It's, not a moral, it's not a moral question on my part. It's an astrology question. Yeah. The it, answer it, is it, it won't work to your advantage. You'll lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also see, you know, via the United States' chart, um, that this one will be popping back over our natal Mars and what? back to the natal Uranus uh, down in the sixth house there, Mars being in the seventh. Uh, so that ought to pose some interesting things for the U.S. to um, ponder. <laughs> well, when you look at the planets of a country, they kind of do have the same meaning that they do in the individual, except you're not going to look at Mars in a country's chart as a sexual thing. You look at it as an energy or an ego thing, perhaps. Yeah. And when, uh, when Mars, of course, Mars is coming out of retrograde soon now as well, mm -hmm. and it's been retrograding for a long time, because Mars is very close to Earth, and it only retrogrades once every two years, where yeah. all the other planets retrograde every year, mm -hmm. except Mercury, of course. And uh, it retrogrades for a long period of time. And this has been one devil of a retrograde. I cannot tell you how many people are frustrated and cannot get their, their, uh, out of their own way, and their ego is complicating situations and so on and so forth. Yeah, everybody was, was yeah, this one was a dill. <laughs> From yeah. I agree with you there. I never had so many people go, what is going on? Like, you know, just utter stutter. Well, that's the Mars, that Mars retrograde, and if it retro, whatever house of retrograde in your chart is, is where it's going to manifest. Sure. Retrograde in the twelfth house, for example. I have a few clients that have that. It's been a very, very frustrating few months for them. They can't take the energy, the ego, out of their subconscious, out of the twelfth, yeah. so they cannot express themselves through the Martian energy. Yeah. And uh, whereas if it's in the first house, 
uh, it's a little easier to project anyway because it's in Aries house. You know, that's yeah, really and Aries is not shy, that's for sure. <laughs> no, but if you put Mars near Neptune or in Pisces or near or in the twelfth house, you get a watered down Mars, a watered down ego. People yeah. born with a Mars Neptune affliction, some some very famous people have it, some very rich and famous people have it. But I bet you, if you go and talk to them. You know, there are, there are plenty of stars out there who, I love their work, I wouldn't want to spend 10 minutes with them. Right. And uh, when, you, when you see this kind of a configuration in the chart of somebody who's rich and famous, you get a little shocked. I have, you know, several billionaires as clients. Uh, I cannot tell you, but most of them have a Saturn-Neptune conjunct. Hmm. Because Saturn brings reality to the illusion and the fantasy of Neptune. Right. And these are people who are able to create a reality out of their fantasies. Ah. And it's a fantastic aspect if handled properly. Uh, yeah, yeah badly, I'd say so. <laughs> could, be men, could be mental illness if handled badly. Uh, yeah, you're right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah, because, you know, Saturn does like to um, restrict if he feels like it, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that is nice with a little bit of, and yeah, it's, it, oh, it's always so fascinating to see the patterns, and well, yep, this one's got this, and oh, so much well, fun. I, you know, you see that a lot. When I did the vocational seminar last week, I took several dozen very famous uh, uh, people's charts, a group of actors, musicians, etc., and uh, then some people who didn't make it in those fields, and showed the difference in the charts, and mm -hmm. why. Almost always was a matter of a strong Saturn. If Saturn is strongly aspected, and that can be what we call easy or hard aspects, doesn't matter, but it's got to be aspected to a number of planets, then you have a much better chance of making it at least when you're young. When you're older, you can work through the Saturn, through one or two Saturn returns. Anyway, a lot of people have been asking me about the price of oil and gas and gold. Mm, sure, let's go. Go. Well, Tell first us. of all, I know there are a number of astrologers out there who are predicting that gold is going to continue to climb. It's going to go to five, ten thousand dollars an ounce. You have to buy it. I think they're wrong. I think our gold may continue to run up. What it will probably do, is right now, what it's doing, if you know how to read a chart, it's stuck in a trading pattern. Um, and the problem with all of this is, you buy gold at seventeen hundred dollars an ounce, unless you have deep pockets. If that gold goes down to sixteen hundred dollars an ounce, you're going to be wiped out. Mm. Unless you're buying physical gold and you put it in a jar somewhere and you hope for the best. Also, if the price of gold were to really rally up into the many thousands, what would happen is the governments would step in, like they did when the Hunt brothers tried to corner the silver market in the early eighties. Mm -hmm. One day, the federal government came in and said, "You can no longer buy silver; you can only sell it." And it went from $80 an ounce to $10 an ounce overnight and wiped out thousands and thousands of people's retirement funds and everything else. Hmm. That's what they're going to do with gold, too, if it gets to that point. So it gets I do to not that believe point. gold at this level is, is anything worth purchasing unless you want to make a nice ring out of it or you really are a gambler, in which case buy physical gold and stick it in your safe deposit box. Uh, but do not buy the gold options or the gold futures because you could lose a fortune on it. Mm. And even if gold were to run up to $5,000 an ounce, which I don't think is going to happen short of a, of a world war, mm -hmm. uh, then, uh, you know, it, it, will be, it will be artificially devalued anyway. Yeah. So I just don't think that is a particularly smart uh, trade at the moment. And in terms of oil and gas and the rest of it, First of all, what we don't understand is Americans still pay very little for gas. Yeah, we, we do. Are so spoiled, it's insane. In Four comparison to the rest of the world, yeah. Europe has been paying twelve dollars a gallon for decades. You know, we have no concept of, of value whatsoever. I think that's what Americans need to do under this uh, Venus retrograde coming up. Is we need to take a look at the value of a lot of things. Of course, <laughs> the value of everything. Hello. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Sharita, now that I'm writing books, I'm, I'm much more interested in the publishing business. As you know, I was a musician most of my life yeah. and watched, watched the death of the record industry at the hands of, of the Yeah. And now what's happening is the federal government has, has uh, recently brought a lawsuit against Apple and five of the big publishing companies <laughs> for price fixing. And the reason why they colluded at all to fix the prices is because Amazon was killing the publishing business. 
by making e-books $10 and screwing every publishing company out of their ability to publish books. Yeah. The real evil here is, is Amazon, if you want to call it an evil, but the real problem is Amazon, not the publishing companies. Our federal government is so misguided in this that it is pathetic, and what they are going to do is put nails into the coffin of the book business if they are not stopped. Yeah, I, I, and, this is, mm-hmm. and this is the point of value of recognizing what is and isn't valuable. Amazon has its purpose. Uh, you know, people go on and buy all kinds of crap there and whatever. I don't even want to get into the ethics or the morals of it all, except when it comes to the arts. It took artists thousands of years to get any kind of real fame, real, real power, and real, real recognition for what they contribute and it's being stripped away from them in a matter of minutes. Yeah. And what's going to happen, and Amazon is publishing their own books now, and they want to get rid of editors and publishers and all of that, and you're going to have every piece of garbage published, and you are not going to know a good book from a bad one. And they're watering down the arts, and they're watering down education, and it's just pathetic what's going on. Yeah, I agree. And it's going to continue. It's not going, it's not going to stop. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the, well... As 2012 is um, uh, now, now you know here you know Jupiter is going to go into this lovely little Gemini here too. They do say that isn't Jupiter going into Gemini going to like kind of help this out a little bit or iron it out in a way that it's of benefit to the to the actual industry. I think that Jupiter going into Gemini will give a little more power. For a year, remember that only lasts. Yeah, it only gives a little boost for a little right. boost for a while. Right on, on certain levels, but um, uh, I think it simply means that look, they already publish zillions of books. It's insane. Going to Barnes and Noble every week is a whole new lack of, of new releases every single week. Yeah. And so I, as a writer, am fighting for every bit of shelf space and, and so on. And I think the Jupiter and Gemini simply means there'll be more. More stuff just more books. <laughs> I, yeah, and I don't think I don't think that it represents the balance that one would would hope would happen. One would hope would happen. Much, but remember, Jupiter rules legalities, mm-hmm. legal situations. So it goes into Gemini. We have a legal battle over oh. uh, intellectual property. Yeah. So we'll see and that happening. Exactly what's happening? Which is what's happening anyway. Well, and I think that with this year of the dragon, the the Chinese had said that. that I mean, they say that this is a it, it is a, a a prosperous year for publishing. Period is is how they kind of coin it. But that relates to Jupiter being in Gemini, um, you know, for the past of the year. So, um, yeah, I was just curious your thoughts on that. Well, possibly, but you know, I'd like to see the numbers at the end of the year. Exactly. Yeah, if you're going to if you're going to do this kind of work for for astrology, when I was on the floor of the Commodities Exchange. My God, my partner and I would go back on a particular commodity a hundred years or more. Right. And we did so much work so that every time Gemini, every time my Jupiter retrograded, we saw such and such happen. And I'd make the notes and then I'd say, well, eight out of ten times when, when Jupiter retrogrades, the stock market reverses direction. And when it goes direct, it reverses back again. Well, then that's, that's a bet worth, worth making. But only if you see it. The problem with a lot of astrologers and astrology books, as my brother, who's also an astrologer, pointed out to me many years ago, you pick up an astrology book where the astrologer says, well, if you have Jupiter squared, blah, 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 this is what happens. And maybe he's seen it three or four times in his life, and he's building his case on a few examples. Right. That's, that's not how you... That's, that's, not, not, how you that's not real accuracy. It's, well, right. could be mere coincidence. <laughs> 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 Which, you know, does happen. But, so how's your book doing? You know, that's a mystery to me. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it's doing very well. I've been um, on numerous numerous shows, um, uh, doing different things with it. And you know, now that um, you know, you know, my time is a little different than it than it was over the last couple of years. Um, we're going to be getting out there doing a lot more. So um, I'm looking forward that's to good. that. Yeah. And we're going to have a, a couple copies of it up for, for, for some premiums for the upcoming fun drive. So that'll be fun. Right. I, and I told you I'll send you a couple of copies of my book. Wonderful. And, uh, and a reading to auction off. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Well, I think our listeners are going to be very, very excited about that. Um, and uh, it, you're um, generous and um, very, very grateful for, your, um, for contributing to it. Um, oh, my pleasure. 
it will be uh, very enjoyed by our our, our listeners because uh, we we have such a like we really do have a wide listener base. Um, you know, it's never a guarantee. Somebody could be listening in uh, Texas for all we know, and um, there you go. So you never know where it's going to lead. <laughs> Know. It's always fun, um, but uh, I think I think we're like I said. I'm I'm really looking forward to the to the fun drive. Um, I, I think starting um, you know on a new moon in Taurus uh, in a on a waxing moon. I think we're going to gather it up. <laughs> good, yeah, it's a good time to start. Things, I, I, right, you know, I I was I said, oh, the stars are in approval of this date. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, let's take it. So um, in the spirit of spring, we're going to bring spirit to our listeners, and um, we're going to have a good time on the air next week. So I am looking forward to it. Well, Mitch, as always, it's always such a pleasure to have you here and um, have you back. And I'm just getting that the old... You know, I, I love coming on your show, Sharita, and I, you know, I'm looking forward to the drive as well. If there's anything else I can do, please let me know. Oh, absolutely. So, um, again, um, you can find uh, today my special guest, astrologer Mitchell Scott Lewis, and author of Murder in the 11th House, an upcoming release fall of Death in the 12th House. <laughs> um, there's a pattern. You may notice a pattern. There, you're going to notice a pattern here, people. <laughs> and you will learn about astrology whether you would like to or not. <laughs> um, Mitch can be found on the web, www.mitchastro.com. Uh, and... Um, that is where you can connect with him. And uh, we're also going to be having some... Everywhere. You can get it at Barnes & Noble, the dreaded Amazon, or uh, <laughs> Poison Pen Press, my publisher. Yeah, as, as we say, the dreaded Amazon. Yeah, don't, don't go buy the book. There we go. I'm like, I couldn't quite get that song to come on there. So, awesome. All right, Mitch, a pleasure. Thank you so, so, so very much for coming on today. And... Uh, Yes, we will be on in touch off the air. <laughs> All right, good. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Okay, awesome. And again, that's my, uh, today, my very special guest, Mitchell Scott Lewis. And you can find him on the web, www.mitchastro.com. Uh, Check everything out that he does. He's a, he's a really valuable astrologer. I mean, I invaluable because, you know, he, he understands this history of so much it's a uh, it's mesmerizing to me because it's it's not my forte it's not my area of expertise when it comes to astrology so um i i value him very much and i thank you for listening again um to another hour of what's your sign i have your number again i've been your host sharita star and um I will be back for a regularly scheduled show on the 1st of May with the lovely psychic Tracy Belcher. Uh, we are going to be uh, diving into another uh, hour of the doing the dream analysis and understanding how it coordinates with the movement of the moon in your chart. Um, we had a great time last year doing this uh, last summer, and uh, we're having her back. And uh, in the meantime, next week, um, I will be here on the air all day on the 24th of April. I've got lots and loads and loads of premiums for you uh, for the Spirit in Spring Fun Drive that we will be doing, um, and we are very extremely excited about that. So... Um, you can listen anywhere on www.berkshireradio.org. And um, we are coming up at noontime here at WBCRLP 97.7 FM, Great Barrington. You're listening to Berkshire Community Radio. Yes, you can.